Hi, this is Ray Park. I play Darth Maul in The Phantom Menace, and you're listening to An Elegant Weapon Podcast. Check it out, listen, make sure the force is strong. An Elegant Weapon is brought to you by Nemesis Studios. An Elegant Weapon for the more civilized age. Gentlemen, welcome to An Elegant Weapon, episode 206. My name is Jay, J.M. Clark. Jay, the Jedi Ross. It is so wonderful to be here back again with you in the L5J studios. Joining me today is Little Ross Jr., Little Tough Gong himself, here to help me introduce good times this week. Are you excited? You excited, son? You can say that you're excited. I'm excited. You're excited. You know what we're going to talk about this week? Why? We're going to talk about Star Wars. How's that sound? Good the times? Good Force Awakens, okay? We talk a little bit about the For- Force Awakens. We do indeed. A little tiny bit. We talk about a lot of different Star Wars stuff. Um, you know what one of the cool things is about uh, having made friends in, in the podcasting world is that we've actually yeah. created a little bit of a pod circuit as you may say. Uh, if you're familiar with comic pros and cons with our good friend Derek Becker or the Ninja Starship with Jimmy McKnight, you may have heard tonight's guest on this show already several times in the past few weeks, but we're going to switch things up with him a little. Uh, he is, in fact, the writer of a comic called Salvagers, and we talk a little bit about that, but that ain't tonight's uh, main goal, as we may say. Tonight, tonight... We're talking Star Wars, kids. That's right, Mr. Bob Sally joins me, and uh, we talk the wars right on the heels of Star Wars Celebration uh, Europe, where a whole bunch of crazy, crazy, crazy stuff happened. Didn't we watch a lot of fun trailers? Yes. The new Star Wars Rebels trailer? Yes. It was good times indeed, eh? Darth Vader's back. And the best thing, the best one, the best Ever Star Wars I ever saw in the whole entire universe was the first Awakens. That's because BBA looked really cool and his facts were really cool. Right on. BB eight is pretty cool. He was one of my favorite parts of the of the movie too. That's uh it's good taste, son. Um, so there you go. Um, that's what we're doing this week. We're talking the wars and we're talking about the wars with a sci fi comic writer. And wonderful dude out of the Boston area, that's uh, Bob Sally. And here is my conversation with Mr. Robert. Sound good? Yes. All right, bye. Bye. Take it easy. (laughs) So I I wanted to ask you about Boston, too, last time we were chatting. And uh, we didn't get too into it. But what is the scene like out there? I don't hear much of it. <clears throat> um, Boston, you know, it's I, – I, I hesitate to say it's similar to Toronto. Uh, Toronto – I love Toronto. I have many friends up there in Toronto. And listening to your voice makes me miss them. Um, <laughs> you know, it's, uh, it's very uh, – Boston has a lot of transplants, and I felt like Toronto has a lot of transplants. 
Oh, yeah. Um, you know, it's very rare that you meet somebody in Toronto that is born and raised in Toronto. Right. Uh, you know, they're from all over the world. Uh, same thing with Boston. It's very eclectic in that, um, you know, people come here to go to school or come here to work. Uh, so, you know, you have you, you, where and, and I'm fr- originally I'm from Philadelphia and Philadelphia is a little different than that. People, you know, Philadelphia, people are from Philadelphia. How old you, were you when you left Philly? Oh, uh, I was 26. Oh, so yeah. you're 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 all right. You're a yeah. good part Philly boy then. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I was okay. I grew up in Northeast Philly and, uh, you know, and it, you did like in Philly, you definitely have that family feeling, you know, like, like you just it's just a different type of feeling. Like, you, you know, that everybody most of the people, the higher percentage of people are from around that area. Um, Boston. I mean, I moved out here and most of the people that I know are from different States, uh, you know, and, or, or, you know, and it's also because new England is so new, new England's small, but there's States that are, you know, I think everybody just kind of, when you're from Massachusetts, you're from new England. Right. Um, right, right. But, uh, you know, it is, it's a very, it's a very smart city. Um, is there much you know, of a comic scene out there? You know what? There's not. It's uh, it's not. I mean, there is, but there's not. It's not like the Midwest. I mean, you and I met in, at C2E2 right. and C2E2. I mean, that Michigan militia that they have out there, like, <laughs> it is just, uh, you know, they are they are That's a band of brothers, you know, Isn't I mean, it like something? they it, it's amazing to witness, you know, I, mean, I, I and I feel lucky that they have, you know, accepted me. And, you know, you probably feel the same way because, you, you know, I. I think of you as part of that group, uh, and it's great to feel like you know you're a part of that because I, I I tend to think that they don't allow just anybody in, you know, um, and maybe they do. I don't know. Maybe it's not special. No, at all, but. they don't. But I think there's a lot of people who just don't get it. Like if if you meet those kids and you get it, you like really get it. Like, yeah, it's hard to explain, but there is something where the the positivity there is more important than anything. It drives it all. That's what it Absolutely. is. Absolutely. Everything yeah. that all those kids do is driven by <clears throat> some sort of force of good. And well, you know what I think it is? It's 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 that um, they, they get it. You know, they get the the industry where it's not competitive. It's not there. You know, I, I try to like anytime I try, t- talk to anybody, um, you know, and, and if they ever bring up the competition in indie comics, I'm like, there is no competition in independent comics. Right. right. Uh, you are all part of a group. You are part of a team and you should be pushing each other. If you see somebody doing uh, an independent comic book and it's doing well, that's good for you. If you are doing an independent comic book, right. uh, because that raises awareness for independent comic books. And hopefully, you know, if, if somebody's doing a comic that gets picked up and, you know, or, you know, by a, a, a larger publisher, that's good news, you know. That's that means right. like, hey, you know, like the people, the the big boys are out there and they're watching. And now there's one, you know, there's mm-hmm. one of you that made it. So, and if it succeeds, you know, if you see somebody get picked up by Boom or you know IDW or you know Image, you want to you want that to do well, right? Because course, you want yeah. them to be like, hey, you know, let's go back. Well, out you there need and find something another independent like that comic. too. You need something to rally around, and I think a lot of that was Source Point Press. I think a lot yeah. of that was Travis giving them all to to sort of unify over, right? Because I mean, not even everybody on that scene is involved in any way with Source Point Press, but 
that's kind of like a like a like a center spot, you know. It's kind of like the pokey gym at the park that everybody kind of, yeah. you know, and and, and and especially that has been elevated in the past year with the, you know the formation of podcast Detroit. So yeah. also one thing I noticed that Michigan has, and it's something very similar to why the scene is so strong here in Toronto, is you have your elders, and you've got your people coming up. You've got your kind of Stegman leading the charge. You've got guys who have proven that you can come from Michigan and, and make it. You know, you got your Jay yeah. Fosgets, your Ryan Lees, right? Yeah. So I think there's a lot of motivation. There's a lot of help from the top. And and that's that's one thing about Toronto. Like, Toronto's spoiled rotten. We have cons every weekend. We have, <laughs> you, you know, art, art colleges and schools everywhere. You know, Sheridan College. Disney handpicks out of Sheridan College here in Oakville. It's uh, it's an incredible legacy here, and then the the amount of talent you've got in Southern Ontario is just like David Finch, you know, Jason yeah. Fabok, Ty Templeton, Ken Lashley, like like Dave Ross, and the list goes on and on. And I think Michigan's kind of a smaller version of that, you know. Yeah, um, yeah, and I mean, and and that's like Boston has it has it, and if if there maybe I missed it, I don't know. Like I I just don't feel like. Uh, you know, it's not that big. Like they're they're out there. I mean, we we are out there, but it's not it's not it's nowhere near what it's like. Um, you know, on on a scale of like what Michigan's doing. And you mentioned Source Point Press. I mean, like that they they impressed the hell out of me with the things that they're doing. And um, just I mean, uh, Savant. You have Gary Reed who does um, Caliber, and he's writing yeah. Savant working yeah. with Seth Demoose. Uh, I mean, that's huge. Like, yeah, that's yeah. a great writer and a great artist working together uh, where, you know, one one does the majority of his work for Devil's Due and the other one, you know, has his own publishing company. And they came together to do something for SourcePoint Press. That says a lot about SourcePoint Press. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's, uh, you know, and if anybody, if you ever meet Travis, you know, editor in chief SourcePoint Press, yeah. it's 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 obvious he's a really smart guy and he's got oh, yeah. It's got a great plan together, being supported by really cool people. It's it's exciting to hear that you're becoming part of that whole shebang, you know? Yeah, no, I'm really excited to uh, to bring Shelter Division. I mean, when I started working on Shelter Division, they were at the top of my board and uh, of the, the where I wanted to be with it. And um, you know, it's it's funny because you talk to people and you tell them that you're working on a comic, and then they ask you like, you know, are you gonna pitch it to Image? Are you gonna pitch it to you know, IDW and, and I, I mean, I, as much as, yeah, I'd love to, like, I, I don't, I'd rather take the steps. I'd rather, yeah, I'd rather work with source point press and, uh, and have that relationship with somebody like a Travis McIntyre, who, you know, we, we talked about, um, just the logo itself for shelter division. And I was so proud of what I had. And like, I worked on it and, uh, I sent it to him and he was like, yeah, we're not going to use that. <laughs> and you know, and it's fun, like you're like and I, it was the first time like that's ever happened to me. I'm like, and, and you know, and you're thinking you're like, well, wait, this is my project. Like, what do you mean I'm not going to use it? And you know, and he was uh, he wasn't a dick about it. He just he laid it out, and he was like, that he's like that logo tells it, it basically tells me that you are going to give me the same thing that I've seen over and over again. And then he worked, you know, we we worked with uh, an, a designer, and you know, Travis had a great idea. And he sent it to me, and it was beautiful. And like I looked at it, and I'm like, "Fuck!" I'm like, "That's that's you know, it's great. Like, you, you hit it." <laughs> yeah. And then the best thing he said, he was like, "All right, now make it fit your story." 
Yeah, and yeah, I'm yeah, like, yeah. What? And he's like, yeah, make it fit your story. <laughs> and make and, sure that uh, it's not objectively bad. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> but, and then doing that, I went back and like I started writing and you know getting like the creative juices going, and uh, and it it his logo made me put something into my comic that is like I thought I'm like wow, and it's one of those things as a writer where you're like shit, that was there the whole time, I just didn't see it. And uh, so yeah, I mean Travis is he's brilliant and he's got a great. He's got a great mind for it, so um, I'm really excited to be working with those guys. And I'm more like right now, I'm like more eager to do it. You know, like I, I'm waiting for these pages to come. Uh, the good news is, <clears throat> Shelter Division uh, will be free. It's going to be a free web comic on uh, SourcePoint Press's website. That's exciting. Yeah, so the we're you know right now what Travis would like to do is put it out, you know, put a page out every two weeks. That way we're constantly giving something to the people and you're not going to miss anything. Um, I would love to do more than that, but, um, you know, just it's the way indie comics are. You know, you're, 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 you don't, you're working on it at a snail's pace sometimes and uh, it's just, it's the way it is. It's, it's not anybody's fault except for, you know, this is, you're paying for it yourself and, uh, you know, you, you want to put it out. But that's the love of, that's, that's the what grind, makes good man. comics, you know. Like, that's the grind. Yeah, you know, and uh, <laughs> you, uh, you, I want to get it out there. I don't care about the money. Um, I just care about entertaining. I want to tell the story and I want to get it out to as many people as possible. Of course, man. Of course, you want to you want to share. You know, that's that's pretty much big reason why we do this and why also you have been, as we said earlier, you've been kind of doing the podcast circuit, uh, which I think is really cool that exists now that we do actually have a bit of a circuit between a lot of oh, yeah. the shows around Drunk on Comics, uh, Comic Pros and Cons, Ninja Starship, you know. Yeah, well, it's neat to be that daytime talk show type thing. But uh, so you've done the rounds. And the reason that you came here is because I was listening to you on Comic Pros and Cons with our good friend, Mr. Derek Becker. Yeah. And you guys got into uh, chatting a little bit about Star Wars. And then my name came up. And now Derek gets his wish. Because he's going <laughs> to listen to me and Mr. Robert Sully discuss a little bit of Star Wars. Now, yeah. this came out, uh, you guys talking about sci-fi. Now, your story, your book, Salvagers, uh, great book, uh, super fun book, uh, and straight up awesome sci-fi kids. You need to uh, check it out. Abandoned Cargo. Good times. Uh, and that you were talking about your influences you. and, uh, sci-fi and such. And you mentioned also that you read the bounty hunter books, was it? Cause you guys were talking yes. about Boba Fett. Yeah. Which kind and, of, uh, yeah. 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 Which I've never but, read the bounty hunter books. So was that your four way? Was that your first foray into the expanded universe? Was those books? Yes. Uh, well, I mean, if you want to count um, what was it, Shadows of the Empire by Steve Perry, right? the the book that I don't know if uh, anybody's familiar with. I mean, hopefully you're familiar with that. If, you, um, if you're a Star Wars fan, you've got to read uh, Shadows of the Empire. Basically, it is what happens between Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. Yeah. Uh, you know, Steve Perry, brilliant writer. He felt like when he was done watching Return of, or Empire Strikes Back, uh, and then at the beginning of Return of the Jedi, he's like, there's so much that is left untold. You know, you have uh, Lando Calrissian is deep into Jabba's palace. Uh, You know, um, you know, Luke Skywalker is a full blown Jedi. Uh, He's got a new lightsaber. Uh, There's all these things like, you know, that he was he. So he wrote this brilliant book, Shadows of the Empire. 
and, three years uh, worth. Like, there's three years in between Empire and Jedi. A yeah. lot of shit can go down in three years, man. Absolutely, yeah. And he, <laughs> he did a great job. Like, he did it well enough, like, where <clears throat> he made some awesome villains and he made some awesome heroes that, you know, I, I don't want to spoil it for you, but it, you know, you, it doesn't ruin reading that and loving the characters doesn't ruin anything. Like, you're not going to go into Return of the Jedi and be like, well, where are these guys? Yeah. You know, like, you, you know where they are. And, uh, and, and just like anything in a galaxy, I mean, that's like what, um, you know, what one of the things about Salvagers that I love is that it's just such a small window of what is going on in this galaxy. Uh, so there it's, it's, you know, and that's one of the beautiful things about Star Wars and what that expanded universe it was so easy to write for these people because anything could happen. I mean, you know, George Lucas laid the groundwork and like, you know, the artists who put together aliens in the movie uh, now a lot of these aliens are like, you know, the alien race itself is popular, you know? Um, so uh, it's, it's so much fun to see, you know, the things that link, you know, what we, what we know of star Wars, um, you know, we, we're going to talk rogue one uh, rogue one is, it takes place between um, revenge of the Sith and a new hope. Um, if you want, you know, and I'm, I'm sure you've watched uh you know, the Clone Wars. Yeah, the Rebels. Oh, I love Rebels. The, yeah, the, like, uh, there's uh. there's all these things that fit the yeah. gaps, which uh, I think is brilliant. And I'm actually more excited about Rogue One than I was with um, the, Force, the Force Awakens. <clears throat> uh, because of that, because it's a link. Right, uh, right. You know, yeah, it's... Yeah. It, I like seeing something that fits a space that's oh, you know, dude, an, an empty space. Yeah. yeah, chronology and time. I'm all about playing with that stuff. I think that's why I fell in love with the EU. Was when I uh, <clears throat> really was when I was reading the New Jedi Order and getting to see what happened. Because I mean, there was that base of books like Shadows of the Empire yep. and then True Supercura and then the Thrawn trilogy, and that all kind of based, you know, was all based around your centralized characters that we know from the movies. And then they started branching out. Then they started connecting this to this. And then, you know, things got bigger. And that's when I was like, okay, let's see what happened. And I love that stuff. And that's why Force <clears throat> Awakens was difficult for me. Because I had to come to terms with the loss of the EU, man. Because I've been reading those comics and those novels for 20 years. Yeah. And like, I, they've I been making them since the 90s. And that's a, that's a that's a lot of, you know, entertainment to just, like, toss yeah, I so, mean, imagine being somebody who created Thrawn. You know, it's like well, now it's, in in case you say it, yeah, it, uh, Timothy Zahn, who created, who did the Thrawn trilogy. For anybody out there who doesn't know, the Thrawn trilogy is what takes place after Return of the Jedi. There's one book after Return of the Jedi called Trusipakura, and then there's the Thrawn trilogy, and this is all what takes place after Jedi. And Grand Admiral Thrawn is a uh, chiss. Am I saying that right? I can't remember. Chris or Chiss? He's one of them blue-skinned alien yeah. <laughs> great eyes, skin. Yeah, and he kind of holds the empire together. He's a total, total badass. So this trilogy really, really solidified the expanded universe for Star Wars and got people on board. Highly successful. Like people, you know, people really, really like these books. So all this stuff happens built off of those for 20 years. That stuff gets tossed. Obviously, as a fan, your immediate reaction is going to be one of defensiveness, right? Yeah. You're not just going to be like, oh, cool, and like, like, just automatically, you know, think that's going to be the coolest thing. I have learned to really appreciate what they're doing now because they've proven that they are going to weld the EU, <clears throat> and that was proven more than ever 
at Star Wars Celebration last weekend when they announced that Timothy Zahn, returning to the Star Wars novel universe by rewriting the story of Grand Admiral Thrawn, who will be appearing on season three of, or is it season two? Rebels. Yes, of Rebels. Yeah. And that's huge, man. Yeah. That's, that's, that's so exciting to hear because how do you not respect that stuff? You know, like there's so much good shit in there too. You can't just throw it all away. Yeah, no. And I, I, I totally agree with that. Uh, and it's, and it's one of those things where I feel like, so, you know, it, it's, is it Disney saying like, you know, we're not gonna, you know, like it's gone, but is it, I mean, it's never gone. Like, you know, is it, there's not going to be like some big book burning or anything where like, no, 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 yeah. gonna, but I mean, like, but I mean, if you're a fan of that, like, I feel like there's like, you know, people are going to be like, no, nah, I'm like, I'm, I'm sticking with it. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure that, you know, that like, you know, it's like the, like the bounty hunter series, uh, the bounty hunter series, it, it, it basically just took place after, you know, it's, it starts off after, um, Boba Fett comes out of the Sarlacc. He gets himself out of the Sarlacc and, uh, you know, he's, he's brought back to health. And it, it, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie, um, gross point blank, uh, where, you know, like Dan Aykroyd, they're, they're all hitmen yeah, and they're yeah. trying to, they're trying to make like, uh, you know, unionized. Um, a union, a unionized hitmen. Yeah. And that, that's basically what they're, you know, the, the bounty hunters are trying to do is they're trying to unionize. And, you know, and Boba Fett, of course, is the <clears throat> he's the cool guy. He's like he's not going to be a part of it. And, uh, you know, and but it's really entertaining. You know, I mean, I can see that John Cusack is Boba Fett. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, it, it is it's real. It was really entertaining. And, um, you know, I, I don't I guess that, you know, if they, if they consider that gone now, um, you know, it's it's it has it, it it didn't have any impact on the series. You know, like it wasn't like that those books were something where it was like oh that's how that happened it was just a fun read like it was boba fett i mean if you watch the movies you you love boba fett but if you really think about it he did absolutely nothing cool nothing at all not a damn thing but if you read the books like if you read the, the bounty hunter series you read the books like he is awesome uh so that was one of the like one of the reasons why i wanted to get into it because i was a huge boba fett fan who was sitting back thinking like you know, the guy didn't do anything. He went out like a punk, right, right, uh, right. you know, so uh, it was it was good to see. You know, it was good to read that. And, uh, you know, and it, and I think like if you're a huge Star Wars fan, you know, if if there's any time where you, you're you getting down, you're settling down for the night, you're going to read a book in bed, you know, why not make it Star Wars? Sure. And those novels, they're they're very well written. Like oh, Kevin yeah. J. Anderson, Timothy Zahn, as we said. Like there's some really really good writers who have been and, on those series. John Ostrander wrote yeah. half the comics. Like, come on. Like, yeah, and and I'm and I I believe like I guess up until now George Lucas had a probably he probably had a lot of say in what was you know what was going to happen with it. Or, he must know, have because you know, you know I, how he always talks about how he had scripts or at least the story roughly drafted for seven, eight, and nine. Oh yeah, and it, and it was about their kids. And there's no way that he, I think he would let those novels have gone so deep no. into the kids if that wasn't really, really close to his original vision of what happened. But my question was always, how far away are they going to go? Are they going to yeah. alienate that stuff that actually fits really, really well? Like people fell in love with that stuff because it worked. Yeah, like yeah. People didn't follow the EU forever because it wasn't genuine Star Wars, right? So them calling uh, Kylo Ren Ben Solo. That is straight out of the books. Yeah. Or sorry, that's not straight out of the books. There was no. Anakin, 
Jason, Jaina, and Anakin Solo were Han and Leia's kids, for anybody who wants to know. And Ben Skywalker, because Luke did, in fact, marry Mara Jade, who was a Hand of the Emperor and then turned good and fell in love with Luke. And uh, they had a kid, Ben Skywalker. So at least... You know, hearing Ben, that was cool. That was a really cool moment yeah. in The Force Awakens. When oh, he called I loved him Ben, that. I was like, okay, right on. Dude, I mean, I kind of got like, when when he yelled out Ben. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man, like, it, it just. Totally one of my giddy like, moments. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, you know, like like you said, like Mara Jade, like, I every Comic-Con I go to, like, there's a Mara Jade. Oh, many. You yeah. know? Oh, and, yeah. uh, you know, so, I mean, that just, it shows you, like, that the, you know, that, that deep fandom is, you know, it's out there. I mean, it's it's beautiful to it's beautiful to experience. Like, I look at Star Wars, um, and I'm it's one of those things I I love it so much, and I just think like God, like I wish I created that. Like, you know, it's just it's it's <laughs> yeah. just something. It's 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 perfect. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's but it's it, you know. It, it's flawed, but it's perfectly flawed. You know, one of those. Yeah, there's something about that moment in time when, like, because I'm a big prequel apologist as well, right? I love like. It. I understand. I, like I understand the they're not the most well-made movies, but you know, there's some amazing, still groundbreaking shit in those prequels. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. I like the way. I mean, I look at it, the prequels. I I didn't hate any of them. I see like every every one of them. I have an issue with, but. You know, when 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 The Force Awakens came out and uh, somebody put a poll out there and they were like, all right, rank your movies one, you know, from one being the best and seven being the worst. And, uh, you know, there might be people that are going to, like, tell me to fuck off or anything. But I put I put uh, The Force Awakens at seven. Um, I didn't really care for it that much. I felt like. I felt like what J.J. Abrams did, and I think a lot of people felt this way and a lot of people didn't, uh, was he basically gave star wars he gave the, the like this generation star wars all over again which yes, i'm fine with that i agree 100 percent. i agree 100 yeah, and i'm yeah. fine with that like that's perfect and, and i'm not i'm not saying that it's bad i'm just it saying needed that to happen it did kind of need to happen in yeah. some way right and, and that's but but it's not my generation's it's right. it's, 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 it's right. my generation was the original star wars uh you know and i'm talking episodes four five and six Right. Uh, you know, I liked the prequels. I thought the prequels were really well done. Um, you know, you you took an iconic character. Darth Vader is probably one of the top five iconic characters ever. You know, I mean, and you took that guy and you showed us how he became him. And I yeah. think that that's a brilliant thing to do. You know, like I like, um, I've, I read uh, Wicked when I was back in uh, college, sure, I read Wicked sure. yeah. and it was a great book. And it was, and I was blown away by the concept of the book Yeah, yeah. by taking somebody who is so wicked and evil and then making me kind of love them and feel for them. I mean, like you really feel for this character. And then as the book goes on, you start, you start understanding why this character is becoming evil or, yeah. or, and, 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 and the, the, the Wicked Witch of the West, if you've ever read it, like she doesn't think she's evil. Uh, you know, she thinks what she's doing is right. She thinks she's in the right, and that makes a great villain. You know, right. when, a, when a villain believes in what they're doing is right, that makes a villain all the more better. Oh, yeah, uh, and way and more dangerous, too. Exactly. You know? I and mean, seeing my, my, Darth yeah. Vader really believe that, <clears throat> you know, like that he could, he could save the galaxy by doing what he did, and he could save you know padme like it was i do I, think I, it yeah. could have been a little more <clears throat> heart hitting if 
I don't think he should have directed them. I think he should have really produced them, maybe co-directed them. But the thing that gets me is you'll see online the fans make these little, I guess, vignettes or featurettes where they take scenes from the movies, maybe the prequels and yeah. the you know, original trilogy, and then they mix them together. They re-edit them. They kind of put new lighting and new music to them kind of. And it makes me – like some of them will bring me to tears and, you know, when I'm just watching Revenge of the Sith, I'm like, okay, it's true. You can write this shit, but you can't read it. Because, yeah. you know, obviously Anakin's been – Hayden Christensen, you can tell, was just left to his own just kind of, you know, thrown to the wolves sort of thing. Like, just acted. I want to get it out, right? And I think, you know, maybe if there was a J.J. Abrams on set or something, it would have been a much more controlled, meaningful performance, say. Yeah. But – yeah, some when they with these, but people have re-edited this stuff into the most amazing films I've ever seen. Like, there's so much heart there, and I'll give you that. I I think it, he shouldn't have let someone else. He should have let someone else direct them. But over and all, it's the most Shakespearean sized story of our time. I agree. You know what yeah. I mean? Oh like, yeah. Like you know, maybe Tolkien of this Lord of the Rings, but. You know, to to have created something like this is just it's mind blowing. I remember sitting there. Remember in Phantom Menace when the 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 Gungans are about to fight the droid army. Yeah. And those big cargo ships holding all the battle droids come out. Yeah. They start unfolding off the racks on the side. Yeah. I specific I specifically remember watching that, thinking to myself, how the shit does he come up with this stuff? <laughs> it's like, it's amazing. Anything like that ever? You know. Yeah. So. I agree with you about The Force Awakens full-heartedly, although I did enjoy it as a movie. Yeah, like, I enjoyed you it. Know, you know, yeah. I, I almost teared up at points for sure. Oh, I, I mean, I, yeah, I yeah. definitely had tears coming out of my eyes when, just at the beginning. Yeah, but like, as far as excitement-wise, yeah. Episode Eight, I am – because of what Episode Seven set up, I am so much more excited for Episode Eight. Now, is it like, Episode Eight? Is it technically Episode Eight or like, like – can they call it 3.5? Or what, are, are you, are are you we, talking Rogue One? Rogue One, is that? Yeah, no, I'm talking episode. Oh, episode like, eight, okay. Yeah, but, and J.J. Uh, Abrams isn't doing an episode eight, right? No, it's uh, Rian Johnson. Rian Johnson, yeah. And, and and Garth Edwards is doing Rogue One. Rogue One, or we uh, might have that backwards. No, one or the other. I always get them mixed up. One I of believe, them is doing one. <laughs> yeah, I believe Garth Edwards is doing Rogue One because I remember when I saw that, I thought. You know, I mean, I, he did. Go, he did Godzilla. Um, I I liked Godzilla. I, I it was weird, but I I, I liked it. Um, I didn't see Monsters. This was uh, two thousand ten. Yeah, yeah. He did Monsters. It was like, yeah, Monsters was. Uh, it's it's a it's after Earth is uh, invaded by by aliens, uh, and then this doctor has to like go down to Mexico, and it's kind of like they're sneaking them in. And I haven't seen it, but. And now, like now, I'm like I want to see it because I want to see like what is you know what's this guy, what's yeah. this guy capable of? You know, I yeah, mean, yeah, totally, um, totally. I, love... I just want to see Jedi, man. I just want to see Ray get trained. Like that's yeah. my whole thing. That's all I've ever cared about. I wasn't. I was more into the comics than the movies because I want Jedi. I want Jedi history. I want Jedi and Sith lore. I want to know the four thousand years before where it all came from. Like when they came out with that, uh, uh, the Dawn of the Jedi shit. Yeah. Oh my god! Like I couldn't believe that when that was announced, I was like, "You're really, literally going to show me where the Jedi came from, yeah. like originally." Oh, I'm kind of actually glad <laughs> that got canceled off because I kind of like the mystery. The mystery. Like the, 
I like finding out. I like solving mysteries ninety nine percent of the time, but there's certain ones you just leave alone. Like oh, I don't like, want to ever know like where you're going. Finding out about the midichlorians. From. I mean that. Like right, right, I felt right. like, please, like can we just erase. Yeah. How about erasing that from yeah. the Star like, Wars universe? If they ever tell, I think they kind of. Well, they have, I think they have ethically. Like that'll yeah. come up again. But Yoda, they never can we know where Yoda came from. No, we can't. Like that's something that would just it would it would ruin a lot of shit. I think it would ruin so much shit if they ever did something that silly you know yeah. what i mean but uh you know so other than that rogue one uh straight up war movie eh? yeah it looks awesome i mean i think it's just gonna be total fun um i'm i'm looking forward to this like the stormtroopers looking like stormtroopers again yeah, uh yeah. you know i mean i i i, I didn't I, I was i always just kind of felt like you know uh they they should have just always been that way. I get that they you know for whatever reason they changed it both in the prequels and uh, you know in in the new one. Um, but I always just thought I'm like, well, if, if, at what point does somebody come like they bring like a marketing designer in and they're like, all right, we're gonna change this the uniforms. These ones just aren't working anymore. We've had a you know when Hasbro had, gets involved, yeah, man. We've had a panel uh, with some of your soldiers and uh, they said that the peripheral vision in these helmets. Are better than you know, and uh, yeah, so yeah. that just I just I'm like they they did it just exactly just like Hasbro's like you're gonna change them because we want to sell more toys, but uh, yeah. but you know what I did like one of the things that I thought was really sleek uh, was the way that they looked the way that they looked in um, Attack of the Clones, and then if you as you watch and it's something I actually I think I might have missed the first time I watched Revenge of the Sith. Was that there were some that were kind of evolving into the original stormtrooper costume? Oh yeah, yeah. And exactly. uh, and, and yeah. when I noticed that, I was like, oh, that's trippy. I like that. Like I like that. There's some that are still the same, but then they're starting to change it into yeah, yeah. that the original one. Dude, I was shocked to see how much Clone Wars shit was actually in the Force Awakens that a lot of people didn't notice. But if you really look into a lot of the background. It doesn't seem like it because everything's kind of junky and older, right? Older, right? But yeah. <laughs> a lot of that stuff actually is Clone Wars stuff. Like there are relics in the background from the Clone Wars that you know I couldn't believe when I saw. I think at one point I saw a junked clone transport. Oh really? Like they were, you know, remember in Episode yeah. Two they were flying those things around. Yep. Uh, yeah, the one that uh, you know, yeah, Anakin. Geonosis. And, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'm pretty sure. Like, I caught one of those just junked in the background somewhere, and I was just like, "You've got to be kidding me!" Oh, like, I'm that's... so, so tiny. And the tiny little things. It's just like the you know the Marvel movies. Like, obviously, going to Disney, they're going to take a lot of hints oh, yeah. from how Marvel does certain things. Yeah. But because uh, I think I heard Episode Seven's got a got a tag on the end, eh? Like, it's got an after credit scene. Um. The Force Awakens does? No, the Rogue One. Oh, Rogue One, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, I heard a rumor. I'm not sure. If honestly, that was I true feel or like not. everybody that does a movie that's in any kind of expanded universe or an ongoing <laughs> series should do that. Oh, of course. You know, yeah, I mean, like yeah. it, it's it's probably you probably have it on the cutting room floor, um, so just use it. You know, I mean, it, it's it's it keeps you around and it it, it excites you. The only one that I didn't really like, um, I, I didn't like. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy with um, the, uh, Howard, the, the Howard the Duck at the end, um, because and I felt like it was kind of like every time you watch one of those, like you feel like you feel like you're getting a little something 
for the next thing. And I was like, are you bringing Howard the Duck back into the fold right. here? And, uh, <laughs> you know, which, yeah. which will be interesting to see, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I had Tim Rose on the show cause I got to chat with him in Philly. Yeah. And Tim Rose is, uh, he was the puppeteer. He was the guy inside Admiral Akbar. Oh, really? And he was also the guy who brought Howard the Duck to life. Oh. And we had a fun chat about that. So for him, it was actually pretty cool. When he saw that at the Enza Gardens of the Galaxy, he was telling me, it was like, oh, Howard's back, you know? Yeah. It, was, <laughs> it was fun for him to see after working on the first movie, you know? So that's a cool thing, too. Like, even you see the genuine fun that the older people are having because of this resurgence you know? oh yeah i mean like they're yeah, yeah. they're uh you know i mean i i have i actually have the pleasure of owning a photo of uh the you know and i'm i sorry i can't even think of his name right now so i'm sounding like a real schmuck right now uh the the, the guy that the guy that played boba fett um, jeremy bullock jeremy bullock yes. i have yeah. a picture of him reading my comic book which i'm oh that's I'm pretty awesome. yeah I, i'll have to find it I'll have to find it and post it hey, you know uh, for a throwback Thursday. You? Hey, that'd be a good one, man. I meant to tell you about Salvagers. Salvagers is a is a book that feels like it could have already been a movie. Oh, I appreciate you saying that. You know what I mean? And it, and the cool thing about that is, as much as you've said it in an epic spot, like it's in space, as I read the book, I realized I think there's only two pages where you actually see stars. Yeah. You know, like a lot of this is, 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 it, it feels intimate. It's a very, you know, uh, character driven story in, in, in a, it's, it's just weird how you contained such an epic environment like that, you know? Well, I appreciate so, that. I, I mean, like that. I, that yeah, was yeah. my mission. Um, when I first started writing it was to make it character driven. Um, I think that, you know, they, they make the best stories is when you're, you know, you, you don't always need action happening. Um, and I learned that, you know, from issue one, I mean, issue one had like all action and then we took a step back in issue two and really got into one of the characters, uh, Brigby and, and it was more fun to write. And I, and I, and I always wrote in prose, I always wrote for like to be character driven, but when I was writing comic books, I didn't really understand how I would do that. Uh, so like anything, I mean, I just read as many books as I can on screenwriting. Um, and I think screenwriting is probably the best uh, how like how to screenwrite is probably the best books that anybody who wants to write comic books could read because uh, that's basically what you're doing you're you're writing for somebody to storyboard uh, and whenever you you know if you if you write a screenplay the first thing that they're gonna do with your screenplays are storyboard it uh, so like I, I read uh, the story by uh, Robert McGee and um, uh, I can't think of the guy's name, but Save the Cat is uh, – I know his name is Snyder. His last name is Snyder, but uh, it's – there are two really good books on, uh, on on how to write comic books, but they're actually on you know screenwriting. But it, 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 it keeps you – you know it, it shows you like how to keep the story going, uh, but also like how to show what the, who these characters are. Uh, you know, and, and it, and they helped, it helped me. I mean, I, I, anytime I talk to a writer sure. who's looking yeah. to break in, I, I always say like, read these two books front to back. And then when you're done, read them again, front to back. <laughs> uh, I keep them both by my bed and, uh, you know, either one's by my bedside and the other one's in my book bag. So I always have one of them with me cause you know, it's just, you, you read it and it's like, I want it to become like six, you know, that, that, um, second nature to me. 
Sure, uh, sure. But, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I, I, that's, I appreciate you saying that because it, it definitely was one of the my, my most important things was I wanted these characters to be iconic and I wanted people right. to like really fall in love with the characters because that's what's going to make you come well, back and shit. buy them. Also, <laughs> what's your artist's name? George... Uh... George Acevedo is uh, the Holy artist. Holy shit. Like, the art in this book is so top tier. You yeah, know what he... I mean? It's fucking phenomenal man like it's just a gorgeous book it's uh and, and you know it's, it's just so pro it's just so pro i mean like he doesn't have a style that you haven't seen before it's very clean lined you know and but it's so top tier like this guy is total pro like yeah he i mean he's done some such amazing work and uh what was fun was uh you know i when i first got when i first wrote my first script it was it was so long and uh, and he sent me a podcast. It was a Kevin Smith podcast where it had Scott uh, Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo on it. Oh, talking. wasn't that great, man? I heard you talking about yeah. that. That was an amazing episode. He did them both individually, and then he did them. And then he brought them together. Yeah. Yeah. And they were brilliant. I mean, like, like oh, yeah. they're like best friends um, now. But, but yeah, but they didn't like it at the beginning. Yeah, exactly. They were totally like, "I draw you, blah blah blah." Exactly. So, um, yeah. but you know, and then but and again, like what I was saying uh, um, before was. It's it's important to have a rapport with your artist and to, and to build a trust with your artist where you can say I can say to George, you know, this is what I want the page to look like. And I figure, you know, I'm thinking about four to five panels starts with this ends with this fill the you know, fill the middle in yourself. And he could do that. Um, but I mean, we didn't get there until, you know, issue three and four. Uh, and now I'm working with Chris Jevona on uh, volume two, the Recreators. And I'm looking forward to building that relationship with Chris, you know, where I think the writers have more to learn. Absolutely. You know, like I think it's way more of a learning curve, learning to work on a team because art is art. Like, you know, as much as your ideas and methods can change when you're drawing, you're, you're always going to be having to draw the same picture or at least the same amount of drawing. Whereas writing, you really have to learn how to, how to trim, how to cut, how to storyboard, how to, had a format you know it's 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 not an easy thing i would imagine no and you know what it's it's one of those things though like as when you when i i started out like it was like panic you know i'm like fuck i do not <laughs> know what i'm doing you know and and i didn't like i just would i went out and like bought i bought marvel books i, I was reading um i was reading civil war at the time um uh, that i was like looking to you know improve upon my um my my writing skills for writing a comic script. So I was reading Civil War. I read Civil War. I was done with reading Civil War. I went out and I bought Civil War again, but it was the script edition where uh, on the left-hand side of the page had or, – or on sorry, you open it up. On the left page, you had the script. And on the right, you, sh- you saw what the sc- how the script looked, like, you know, visually. And, uh, and I so I that's how I kind of was – and I also went to Dark Horse Comics. I went to their submission uh, – uh, website and I and they basically were like this is how we want your comic to look because I'm and that, I, of course I think like well I'm going to write this and I'm going to send it to Dark Horse Comics uh, just the script no art wow, they lay it out yeah. like that eh yeah and they they said this is how we like our script you know that you know and so I took that and I just studied it and um, you know now I mean it, it's I'm sure like some of the artists that work with me hate my scripts because uh, you know like <laughs> the th- like I write I, I write in a way where I write description, but I also kind of put my thoughts in the description. 
right. you know, there, there might be something where it's, uh, I, I think I, I write like I speak, like where it's, I might write something where like, you know, uh, the, you know, the boy gets up, there's a zombie behind him. And then like at the very end of the sentence, I'll be like, you know, and his friend isn't far behind, you know, and then, the, the, you know, and then the artist is like, so in my and then I now yeah, am better. I don't at, need to know about the person not in the panel. Exactly. You know? <laughs> and then the artist will come back and I'll be like, "So is this guy in the panel or is he not in the panel?" And I'm like, "No, no, no. I, he's not in the panel. But I want you to know that you know he's there. Like you know." And he's like, "All right, just get yeah. rid of it." And uh, so now I am learning. Like I'm learning. Okay, what is important? What does this artist need to know? And yeah. uh, and, and you know, and part of I was thinking, I was like, "Well, I want you to kind of know." What's like? What's on the, in the like? His friends in the room. He's just not on the panel. He's like, I don't give a fuck if he's in the room. If he's on the panel, I need to know if he's on the panel. Well, how so, did it start for you? Where did you start writing? Are you formally trained? Did you take any kind of education as far as writing, or did I you went, just one day was like, I like creative writing. No, I mean, I went. To, I, I think as a kid, I was always looking to get. I, I wanted to draw, but I, I was horrible at drawing. So um, I got into writing, and uh, I went to college at the University of Pittsburgh. And I went to I went for um, English and a focus on creative writing, which right. when I think about it now, like when I when I came out of college, I was like, fuck, I just spent a lot of useless time at college, like learning how to write. <laughs> right. Like learning how to write. I, I paid thousands upon thousands of dollars to learn how to write. And then I got a sales job. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> and, I'm, and like when I think about it, if my kids ever said that they were going to take creative writing as their major, I would probably, I, I don't, I wouldn't say anything because like, how can I say anything? But I'd probably be like, you gotta be shitting me. See, That's no, true. you can say, no, see, I think you can say something because you've lived it by experience. You're not just going on like a bias of personal feeling. You yeah. have the experience. You can be like, okay, go ahead and do that. But just know this is what happened when I did it. <laughs> yeah. and you, But the thing is like, you know, honestly, it's, if you have the drive I mean, like, I know a lot of people that were, I mean, there's people that are in my class and that, you know, they did it and they probably never did anything with it. Uh, and I, you know, and I think that probably. Well, from, did you ever want to write anything more than comics? Then? Oh, yeah. And I didn't want to write comics. I didn't, I, I didn't even, I mean, I wanted to write comics when I was a kid, but then when I went to college, I wanted to write the great American like, novel. I, okay. Yeah. Like I yeah. wanted to be yeah. Mark Twain. I wanted to be, <laughs> I wanted to, you know, I wanted to be Hemingway. Uh, right, right. You know, I wanted the people to, you know, think like, oh, Bob Sally, you know, I, I, you know, or, or just like think of like, you know, some girls on a beach with, you know, my novel, like, like, oh, I can't put it down. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's, you know, and, and I, and I published some short stories. I published some poetry. Like I wanted to write anything. And if, if, if it was, if it, if it was writing, I wanted to learn how to do it. Um, I was writing freaking haikus. Like I, I learned how to do all that shit. <laughs> um, but, uh, and then one of my professor, uh, once said, you know, and I, I kept in contact with him after I left college and, uh, and I hit some writer's block and he said, just write anything. He's like, write, you know, write a laundry list, uh, you know, start writing names of people, you know, down on a page. He's like, just write anything that creates the sure. act of writing. You know, like yeah. that's all yeah. it is putting pen to paper. So um, I was at a bar and, you know, it, I was hanging out waiting for a friend and this, it was a bar in Philadelphia and it had, uh, you know, they put the TVs up and there's always something like classic on the TVs, but there's no sound on them. And they had Star Wars on. And uh, it was at the end where, you know, the Death Star blows up yeah. and I'm sitting there and I'm like, you know, who's going to clean that shit up? 
And I, and, I, and I just started thinking, I'd be like, wouldn't it be cool to, you know, follow a crew that has to clean that up? And, yeah. and I, I was like, and I imagine there would probably be some, you know, some not, not so savory people that would be wanting to clean it up too. There'd yeah. probably be some kind, you know, there'd, there'd be a lot of people picking up the same things. <laughs> so, uh, so I, I got a napkin from the, uh, the bartender and I just started writing down captain, pilot, you know, a demolition guy and then workers. And I, and so I was just kind of creating like, all right, if there was a crew, who would you need? Like, you know, what, like what different people would you yeah. need? Like, and then, uh, and then from there, like, you know, and then, you know, my friend probably showed up and I stuck it in my pocket and, and then I, you know, I took it with me and I took it home and I, I got a notebook and I started giving names to those characters. And, uh, I started giving, you know, physical traits to those characters. Like one was big, one was small. Um, and then uh, as I, I started going about it, uh, you know, it's like it started to fit and I started realizing like, shit, I got like nine characters on like that are a part <laughs> of this crew. I'm like, that's going to be hard to write. Yeah. Uh, and then and then I just started thinking, I'm like, this would probably be a really cool comic book. Uh, so then, yeah, I did. I was like, all right, I can't have nine crew members. Uh, tighten it up. Yeah, I'm bit. like, so let's tighten yeah. it up a little bit. And, uh, you know, so I was thinking like they're on a ship like. There's probably, and it, you know, it's, you're out in space. There's probably like a lot of machinery that they could use, so they could, you know, they don't need so many workers, you know. Yeah. So uh, you know, the, the the money all won't be spread so thin. Um, and then, uh, and then they were all human. And then I changed them from being human to being aliens, so I could play more with, with them. Uh, sure. I could, uh, have more fun with them. And and then it, the, the story started to develop. And. Uh, you know, and then and then I, I I I'm a very visual person, and I was like, okay, if I'm gonna do this as a comic book, I need to see if if I'm writing this, I need to see who the character is. Okay. So uh, so I started working with some uh, an artist who conceptualized the characters, and uh, I was in my little one bedroom apartment in Boston, and I had a tack board over the TV, and there was many nights that you know that TV didn't come on, and I would just sit there and I would write and I would look at the characters up on the tack board. And, uh, you know, as corny as it sounds, like I would have them speak to me, you know, like, like, no, sure. uh, tell yeah, me like yeah. who they are. And, and it, and it helped me a lot because, uh, in situations that are now like in volume one and in volume two, um, that there's, it's, I, a lot of people tell me a lot of times that, uh, the dialogue's authentic and that's where it comes from. It comes from looking at them, um, you know, walking with them, you know, like I, I walked to uh, work. You're watching a play in your head sort of thing, right? Exactly. It's, you know, and it's just like being a kid. Totally. I remember when you'd walk to school or whatever, your imagination goes. Oh yeah. You know, when you're a kid, just walking down the street, that's probably the most imaginative time you could find a kid. Oh yeah. It's brilliant. Time. It's brilliant. Time. <laughs> that and yeah, that and showering. Uh, you know, it's, <laughs> totally. it's, it's funny because I do like, totally. I, I always thought showering <laughs> is where like when you step away, when you're writing, and you're like, all right, I got to step away from this. And you go and you take a shower. There's, I mean, so many times you come out of that shower and I'm dripping wet and I'm grabbing my notebook and I'm like, all right, I got to get this down. And uh, I was just at a convention with Jeff Klein, who um, he works at, um, drawing a blank already. Uh, he works at another publishing company, um, Derby Pop. Uh, okay. So, and he did, uh, you know, he's, they, they have uh, Bruce Lee. Uh, they got, um, the indestructibles and, and, and we're doing a panel together. And he said that, like, he was like, he, he, and, I, and like, and it was one of those things I'm like, it's, you know, you're not the only one. Like, I'm like, I do, I'm like, I do that too. I'm like, like um, and, 
And it is. It's it's you know. So if you walk with these characters and you listen to these characters, uh, and it's like you almost become kind of schizophrenic in a way because you know, like if you can imagine these characters hanging out with you, then you get to know them and you get to know the things that they would yeah. say and the things that they wouldn't say. Um, like after over time, like I like I realize like Brigby is he's a very um, you know uh, he needs instant gratification. Like that's that's his character. He doesn't have tear probably has all his money is saved up somewhere you know he doesn't buy a lot of stuff because he's saving his money and he wants to have it there brigby his bank account is always just over like just above zero uh because <laughs> he spends what he's got and he doesn't you know he just he lives for the day uh right. so and i and i've learned that by you know by looking at them uh over time and and talking to them and you know saying yeah. the words that they would say and like what and whether it would be believable or not it's so uh, fun to daydream, eh? Especially when oh, you can like put it down, right? Like, oh yeah, and that's all. That's yeah. all. Salvagers is it's it's daydreaming on paper. Yeah, that's kind of you know. Sometimes I'll record this podcast, or I guess not necessarily this podcast, but sometimes I'll record. Like I'll get up nice and early sometimes, and I'll have a good wake and bake, have a nice cup of coffee, and I'll just feel like rambling. Yeah. So I will come to my little studioette here and I'll hit record and I'll talk for like an hour and no one will ever hear it. <laughs> it's and good practice it, though. It's it's not even practice. It's pure just like it feels good. Yeah. It's a good exercise for my brain, for my mouth. I guess you could say it's practice, but it's more just a, an actual like exercise <clears throat> of, of, you know, What's the word? I guess cleansing, maybe. I, way, I like you it. Know? So I, I will just ramble on for an hour and I'll feel great about it. And, you know, sometimes I'll send it to like one person and I'll be like, here, check this out. Like I did that last week. I had I was having a bummer day. I think it was like a Sunday or two ago. And uh, I was up real early and I think it was one of the one, maybe the Paris, the most recent Paris attack. Yeah. <clears throat> and you know how lately it's been hard to sort out your thoughts because the world's been such a ball of confusing bullshit. Yeah. And I, I was just, I just wanted to vocalize it just to get it out, to make myself feel better. Like I was trying to sort something through. So I hit record and I rambled on. I smoked a big gagger and rolled on for like an hour. And I just sent it to a friend of mine <laughs> and I sent it to a good friend of mine. And I was like, here, check this out. What do you think? <laughs> and they sent it back and they were like, that was pretty real. And I was like, yeah, yeah well, you know. That's the stuff so, we, you post. That stuff. That's what we want to. We want to. I'm thinking yeah. about it. I'm thinking about starting to because you know, but it's hard. You got to really let go. Like yeah. I get pretty personal. Like I've never. Not that I am a, a closed-in person in any way. I'm very <clears> open. <throat> I wear my heart on my sleeve, and you know, maybe sometimes it's just I don't want to go back through it for an hour to listen to make sure I didn't say anything too stupid. Yeah. Because there's a paranoia there. There's a, as a confident as I am when, you know, having these conversations, not being nervous about it when it's you on your own, I can do it. But then to share it yeah. is a whole other monster. You know yeah. I mean? No, I, I totally get that. I mean, I, you know, in, you know, I always tell people, I'm like, you need to, <clears throat> when you're, when you're doing this, if you're writing something, if you're doing anything that you're trying to sell to people, and I don't mean sell to people by getting their money. I mean, sell to them. Like, here's my comic. Love it. You know, like I want you to appreciate it. Uh, if you're an asshole, it, it could be the best comic in the world and people are going to hate you. And they're going to be like, I fucking hate this comic. And I, I hope he, you know, I hope nobody reads it ever. So right. you do need to, you know, you need to act as a, like Almost like you have to be very political. You need to be like very, 
you know, um, you, you can't really stand on one side of the fence or the other. You know, you have to be neutral. I'm sorry. I maybe used the wrong word. But, uh, you balance, know, man. Yeah, balance of the force. Exactly. Right? Like, you know, you don't like, – you you might have opinions, um, you know, on things, but you don't want to go out there and you don't want to start. Like I was like – the last thing I want to do on Facebook or anything social media is I don't want to start a debate. Not yes. like I don't yeah. want to start a, de- yeah. a debate on religion. I don't want to start a debate no. on politics. I don't no. want to start a debate on you know any of that stuff. Um, I want to start a debate on you know you know who's your favorite Star Wars character you know or something yeah. like that. Like that's the totally. fun stuff. But you know once you start getting into that, you've entered a different world of social media um, oh, yeah. where you know. And I don't even really like to respond. Mm-hmm. Like if somebody's you know if somebody else posts something on there. Like I, you know, it's like, you know, this isn't what I want to do on here. You know, I want to, I want to play on here. I don't want right, to get serious right. on here. Um, yeah. So I, I totally get that. You know, you're doing it for yourself. Uh, and as, see, I'm not scared. I'm not scared of my opinions. Like I will always stand by my opinions, but when you're rambling, especially rambling baked off your face, yeah. <laughs> you just want to make sure it's how you sometimes yeah, present well, these yeah. opinions. Exactly. Right? Yeah. And, then, and, and, then... and it's just a matter of like, because I'm so baked, I want to make sure that it makes sense even. Not that that should even matter. You know, yeah. I shouldn't even, I probably shouldn't care about that. I should just, I should totally have like side segments of just me talking absolute fucking nonsense. I think, dude, I think it would be brilliant. You know, you should start, your sh- <laughs> you could start your show with just like a little, you know, two and a half minute clip of you just rambling. Yeah, yeah. I make my intros just that much more interesting. You know? Yeah. <laughs> it's been an evolution, though, man. I mean, in the beginning, that's what this show was because I had a I had a partner in the beginning, and we just talked bullshit. It wasn't a comic show. It wasn't a geek show. It wasn't a Star Wars show. The only reason it was called an elegant weapon is because I have a Star Wars or I have a lightsaber obsession. Yeah. You know, I own seventy eight lightsabers. Oh, really? Yeah. Seventy eight. Yeah, they're all behind me on the wall here. But I have an extreme obsession and uh, with lightsabers and Jedi. Like, it's not even about the movies for me. Like, my long boxes of Star Wars, Dark Horse Star Wars comic books, that's where my Star Wars lives, right? Yeah. That's my history. That's where I just <clears throat> fucking, you know, the fall of the Sith, the, you know, the there's so much good stuff there. It's, it's the most amazing stories. All right, let me ask you a question. Yeah. Yeah. If you had the powers of the Force... Would you be a Jedi or would you be a Sith? I would be a total Jedi. I would, Absolute I would, I would Jedi. Be a Sith. Yeah. Would you? Without would a doubt, you? If, 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 you know what I love is when when you ask somebody that question, you very rarely get somebody going, I don't know. You people answer it. <laughs> people answer it right away. You, yeah. People are like, yeah. oh, Sith. Like I know. I'm like I would I would use my powers for <laughs> for evil. I would. I you know like, there'd be no way that I would be able to yeah. contain myself. Like when Anakin's sitting there, you know, using the force to, you know, give Padme an apple, I'm like, yeah. that's nothing compared to what I would <laughs> use the force for. He's like, oh, Anakin would be, or uh, Obi Wan would be really pissed with me. I'm like, oh Jesus. You'd basically want to take over the galaxy. I oh my God, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I have a thing for like, 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 okay, uh, Rogue One. Donnie Yen is in Rogue One. Yeah. Uh, oh, Donnie Yen. Just an amazing actor, an amazing martial artist. It's an unbelievable thing to have him in a Star Wars movie. Here's the rub, though. Donnie Yen is in a Star Wars movie, and he's not a Jedi. 
Well, yeah. That's just hard for me to deal with because, my God, I would give anything to see him with a lightsaber. In fact, somebody took that little teaser scene of him fighting with his thick staff. And they made and, it. And they made it a lightsaber. Yeah. And, oh, my God, like, I was all trembly and shaky on that one. But he's blind. Yeah, no, he, he's a badass. He's like a blind kung fu master. And they're bringing space kung fu to Star Wars. This is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm so yeah. overly And, I mean, if anybody's – yeah, if anybody hasn't seen um, uh, Ip Man, there's one, one two, and three. They're uh, amazing. Incredible. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, uh, incredible. You know what's weird? It's like um, he hasn't – I feel like he hasn't been. I don't know if Americanized is the word to say, um, but like you know, like you, like you had Bruce Lee, you had uh, um, Chan, um, and then you had Jet Li. You know, you had Chow Young Fat. Like, but I, for some reason, like I don't know why. Like maybe this will be the movie that breaks him out um, into like where like I mean, not too many people know who he is. Right, uh, but like there was a point, like I think it was like Lethal Weapon three, where Jet Li was an awesome villain. Yeah, no one knew Jet Li up until that. Yeah, and then he yeah. and then he exploded. Uh, so hopefully this maybe this will be the movie. But uh, I've I've been watching him. I love him. Um, oh and- man, Highlander, Highlander the Source, I think was the one that he was in. Uh, Blade two. Yeah. Uh, you know he's done some good stuff. I think it was just more of a slow burn with him, maybe you know. Yeah, but uh, it's a good question because he deserves to be huge. Like he's such a talent, you know. But he was made for Ip Man too. Like just he's got that serenity. You know what I mean? Like that that serene quality. Well, that that look that he has. He has that. It's that. It's usually that look right before he's gonna kick your ass. (laughs) Like you you would look at him and you'd be like, he seems very calm right now. Yeah, yeah. It's like a calming confidence that just makes you break before it starts. Right. Yeah, I'm going to kick it. Yeah. I'm so super excited for that, man. That's going to be that's going to be cool, but that's why I'm hoping like actually I don't have to hope because they've proven to us that they are going to bring a whole bunch of EU back. Also, not just uh Admiral Thrawn being announced in Star Wars Rebels, but uh what's his name? Oh, Ezra. Ezra has a Force vision while he's inside, I think it's a Sith holocron. And uh what are they called? The Bengay or the Bende, the Bendai? Yeah, the Bendu. I can't remember, but these are like mystical spiritual force creatures that are like you know they're they're the balance. They're part light and dark, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm pretty sure they were an already established something to do with them. Like at least the name, the thing that they're called was uh, was something that was in the EU. So even if it's not all the same ideas they're taking right out, they're using names, they're using influences. Like it makes me so happy as a star wars fan i can't even tell you you know yeah no it's i'm, I'm looking forward to it and, uh, and again i mean like i said I'm, I'm more looking forward to rogue one than i was for um the four i mean i, I mean i was looking forward to the force awakens but I, I think that i'm gonna enjoy rogue one more because it's a part of my generation's star wars right 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 but there's also mixes uh uh forrest whitaker right yeah. uh forrest whitaker is playing a character who was in the Clone Wars cartoon. Oh, I didn't even and, pick that up. Yeah, he's a character. We Nobody knew who he was until they announced his name. And then they announced his name, and everybody was like, wait a minute. That was a character who in the Clone Wars cartoon was on a four, I think it was a four-episode arc, where he was like a, a young rebel 
or or you know a young resistance fighter who the Jedi were training. I'm gonna have to yeah, and and I loved the Clone Wars, and then uh, so I'd have to go back and look at that. But again, like uh, the Clone Wars, there was uh, that like feature length. Uh, it, I mean, it was it was a, about an hour and a half long. And it wasn't like that CGI or or the pixels. Um, oh, the, you're talking the Tartakovsky ones. Yeah, the, the, yeah, the initial ones that were released as two minute cartoons each. Every, yeah. every week on Friday, you would get two minutes on the Cartoon Network. You'd get two minutes of Star Wars. Yeah, and it, and it was these un. I can't. I, I couldn't believe I would get so excited to wait a week for two minutes. <laughs> yeah, and and, if, and when they put them all together, it was in between. Um, it was in between the. Uh, what do you call is it? Is it between uh, one and two? It's between one and two. No, no, sorry, sorry two, and two and three. Two and three. And, Here's uh, what really pisses me off, man. The whole thing with um, General Grievous, when he's yes. like when he's wheezing and everything in yes. Revenge of the yes. Sith, you see Mace Windu like use the, the Force to like choke his heart. Yeah, which yeah. I thought was so cool. And then he's like yeah. running away, coughing, and then that yeah, brought that into Revenge of the Sith. I don't understand why those aren't canon. Yeah, there is nothing in there. There's nothing in there that contradicts anything they're doing now or would because they're pretty much ignoring the Clone Wars era. Yeah. Plus, Lucas was heavily involved in the stories for those ones. Absolutely. So that one blows my mind. Also, Darth Plagueis. Have you read Darth Plagueis? I haven't. Um, Holy yeah. shit! What a what a novel! This novel, the first half, is the first half of Palpatine's life, right? Yeah. And then the like last third of the book is happening at the same time as Phantom Menace, and it actually makes Phantom Menace seem way more complicated and interesting. Yeah, and it's I'm, an I'm gonna... amazing book. It shows you Darth Maul and Savage Opress's lives from birth, like where they came from, how they came to be. It's an incredible book, all behind the scenes of the Senate. And then, yeah, and I realized as I'm reading it, it's starting to get to the point where certain things are starting to be talked about uh, that are happening in the Phantom Menace, and I was like, oh my goodness! So you got to yeah. read that. That's is that a is that a novel or is that comics? Yeah, that's a novel. All right, that's and a novel. Darth Plagueis. So, right, I'm not I, Darth Plagueis. Yeah, yeah, yeah check, check it out. that out. Yeah, yeah. So kids, so much amazing stuff happening in the Star Wars universe. Yeah, Bob. Thank you so much for taking the time to sit here and talk the wars with me, man. And I appreciate it. Yeah, and uh, yeah. It, I, it was great to meet you at C2E2. I really hope that uh, I get to meet yeah. you again. I, I was going to be at Philly. Um, Stan, uh, Stan reached out and invited me, but I had uh, my, my nephew turned 16, and I, I got PAX East tickets for him, so I, had, uh, oh, nice. I took him to that. But I really hope that that, I hope that, that greater Philly con happens again. Oh, that's uh, gonna happen again. Yeah. That's gonna happen. We will be there. You got all these friends in Toronto. Why aren't you gonna come up and visit oh, sometime? Hey, I, uh, you know what? I've been dying to get out there. You know, once, once the little tyke, uh, you know, gets a little more durable, <laughs> uh, you know, I'll be taking, uh, I'll be taking that Porter airline up and uh, getting my nice. free, get my free wine. Nice, absolutely. It's, uh, it's fun times, man. You gotta make it up for Fan Expo eventually. It's a. Uh, it's a beast. And, yeah. No, it looks really... amazing, and that's definitely on my radar. I definitely want to get there. Very cool. Very cool. Everybody, check out The Salvagers, or just Salvagers, I should say. I have a tendency to put the on everything. <laughs> you know what's funny know is uh, originally it was The Salvagers, right? and uh, and before even watching the um, social media, the movie, um, or social network, 
uh, somebody had told me they're like, why don't you just like get rid of the and just make it this uh, like salvagers? And I did it. And when I watched Social Network and the part where um, you know Justin Timberlake tells him to do that, I was like, son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was uh, it was originally uh, the salvagers, and uh, and then we. Um, and uh, we changed. Actually, it was the Star Salvagers. Then it was the Salvagers, and then it's just Salvagers. I like Salvagers. I think you tightened that up. It's nice. Clean. Yeah, very clean, beautiful. Check out Salvagers. It's a beautiful, beautiful, super cool book, uh, especially with it being sci-fi. There's not enough good sci-fi out there right now, kids. And you need to go check it out. Bob is a giant social media whore. You can find <laughs> yeah. Salvagers, Salvagers comic, or Bob Sally all over Facebook, Twitter. Uh, and other little things I think you're you're probably going to start playing with and trying. I, do. I know you're working on your Tumblr, I think, aren't Tumblr, you? Tumblr, I do it all. You know, if, they, yeah. if it's social media, I am dabbling in it. <laughs> very cool. And if you want to hear a lot more, uh, this was a very Star Wars-centric conversation, as we wanted to have. But if you do want to hear a little more in-depth uh, conversations and interviews with Bob about Salvagers and his comic-making career, please check out Comic Pros and Cons as he was recently over there uh, chatting with our good friend Derek Becker and also uh, with Mr. Josh Dahl, another uh, brilliant individual out of the Boston area on the Ninja Starship podcast with Mr. Jimmy McKnight. But uh, as that goes, kids, uh, that is all we are going to have this week. Bob, thank you so much for hanging out, sir. Thank you very much for having me on, Jason. Hey, kids, may the force be with you. Nice. Take it easy.